Welcome to the Thanksgiving 2020 episode of Democracy in Color with Steve Phillips, a color-conscious podcast about politics. I'm your host, Steve Phillips, and let me just first acknowledge that Thanksgiving is a complicated holiday given the history of this country and its relationship with Native Americans. And in that context, I do want to offer a special note of gratitude to Native Americans in general and to those who voted in Arizona this year in particular for helping to save this country from white nationalist fascism. I think really what will be lost to history in our narrative, but I want to point out now, was the significance of Arizona in blocking the coup by this president and the attempt to steal the election. And by having Arizona results called early, flipping that state that wasn't part of their theft plan, which was focused on Pennsylvania and the Midwestern states, and it really complicated those efforts for them to undo and upset the whole election results. And so in Arizona, which Biden did win, first Democrat in decades to actually win in Arizona, he won Arizona by 10,000 votes. But there was an increase of 12,000 votes in the Native American counties alone. So I just want to kick this off by offering my thanks with the phrase, you have the thanks of a grateful nation. And as we mark this holiday of thanks that offer thanks to Native Americans in the big picture, but also in terms of the particulars of what just transpired in this election. And, you know, for all the problematic aspects of the holiday is still a time to slow down, focus on loved ones and reflect on what we're thankful for in life. And so that'll be the focus of today's episode. And for that conversation, I'm joined as always by my co-host, Charlene Chang, person with far more uh, emotional intelligence than I have, who can guide us through this discussion about what we are thankful for. Hi, Charlene. What's on tap for today and how are we going to walk through this? Hey, Steve. I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I think you have very, very good emotional intelligence. And I was take just... it up with my wife. <laughs> I was just thinking how thankful I am that you were able to help remind us with that framing of extending gratitude to Native Americans and that specific data point around Native American voters this year and Arizona, because that's definitely something that I think I hadn't really thought about enough, and it gets lost in all the many hot takes post-election day. So thank you for pointing that out. And yeah, I'm just really looking forward to just getting a chance to chat a bit today talk about what we're thankful for. It has been just a crazy year. <laughs> and, um, you know, I remember how many times we were just like 2020 and it's only April. It's only <laughs> March. It's not even halfway through the summer and all the challenges that many people across the country were facing and personal, political, and on many fronts. Um, so I just thought the one thing I wanted to give a big, you know, frame shout out to today is to really just think and dedicate basically this episode in my heart to the many people who have kept our various communities across the country running during this year um, in the middle of a global pandemic health crisis. And it's not exhaustive. It's hard to remember to list everyone. But I know that those of us at Democracy in Color as a team, we talk about this you know, regularly, which is how grateful we are for many people who are pillars of keeping society running. People call them essential workers, and they've always been essential workers, but even more clearly this year. So that's 
the full gamut of medical workers, right? Doctors, nurses, hospital staff, different social service workers, public transportation workers, people who work in food service and keep the country's pipeline of food running and making sure people are fed. Uh, And those of us who have regionally went also through the fires this year. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, all those essential workers doing double duty and people like farm workers and delivery people. I remember in the beginning how many people in my neighborhood were putting up signs thanking the Amazon Mm -hmm. drivers and UPS, postal workers, grocery store employees. Anyway, the list goes on. I just hope that in the history books, their stories, just recognizing all the, you know, the heroes behind the scenes that we we needed so much this year. And so many of them came through and so many of them continue to come through. And I'm so happy today we're going to be joined by our favorite doc, Dr. Julie Martinez Ortegas for this special Thanksgiving episode. So Julie, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. And thanks for reminding us to think through all those groupings of people who who made this year possible and made getting through the year possible. I'll just throw out one more, which is to all the teachers and the school staff Mm. who've held it together so that our kids can at least kind of sort of learn (laughs) along, uh, along the way throughout this. It's, it's been um, really crazy, but there's definitely a lot to be thankful for. Absolutely. All right. So I wanted to give us a chance to talk a little bit more about what we're thankful for. But first, I wanted to play a little game with you guys. I I don't know if you remember, but in one of our recent episodes, I had you both play a game and and try to predict which states you thought would go which way. And I'm I'm very impressed. You got a whole bunch right. And a few you didn't, but since we won overall, I'm just not... (laughs) I said I was going to hold you to all of them. (laughs) But... (laughs) I was like... You know, some of them I remember, you know, you guys had said, I was like, I doubt like Georgia, right? I was like, sorry, guys. In my mind, I was like, I want to, I want to believe it, but I'm not going to hold out hope and lo and behold, <laughs> lo and behold. So <laughs> yeah, I think we mostly agreed on, on all of them, but there were a few we were off on. I was just telling somebody today, I really thought we had Florida, but. Well, I think I everyone was. <laughs> that was interesting. At, uh, yeah. Not just su- well, surprised and sobered by the yeah. size of the of the vote for Trump of people who came out. He lost tons of votes. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what we were basing our things on. But clearly, we have a lot of work to do in this country by the fact of people who came out in such large numbers to keep him. So there is yes. that bigger reality and also explanation mm-hmm. for the few states that we got wrong. <laughs> yeah. So so hold that thought because later I do want to circle back later and you know ask you guys if you want to lift up sort of one personal thing you're thankful for and one political thing you're thankful for. But I wanted to play this game. So I have this fun Thanksgiving game that I came up with. And it's um, kind of like if you imagine, like, imagine we could actually in person spend the holidays because this is a year where we're not, many of us are not able to spend the holidays together mm-hmm. with our loved ones. But I was saying, like, imagine we're sitting around a table and we're having Thanksgiving together. And I wanted to ask you guys if you had to choose certain dishes, Okay. So just to get a sense of like what you guys like or what you think of certain dishes. So in terms of the Thanksgiving main dish, turkey or ham? Oh, turkey. Uh, I know. Not, that's not even a question. <laughs> I, I was like, ham is an option in terms of Thanksgiving? And you know that's what? a I, side I, dish. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I, have, I asked that question because I was recently having a conversation with a friend and she was saying how much 
ham as a tradition in her family. That's why I brought up because I was surprised too. Although one year I was invited by a family who's from New Zealand, they had both. Hmm. They're big on ham. And I was surprised to see ham on the Thanksgiving. Yeah, we always have the ham, but I think of the turkey as the center and the ham's like a a nice like extra thing that goes on but Apparently, like yeah some families you could not have the turkey the center i know that's <laughs> kind of how i feel about okay if you had to choose mashed potatoes or like a yam dish you know candied yam or candied yam with the marshmallows and the pecan topping but if you had to choose julie if you could only have one oh as opposed to the the mashed potatoes i'm definitely with the sweet potato group interesting that's difficult choice and i thought the question would be more broadly about which side dish in which case no, I no, i'm gone. trying to make it it's a game so it could be hard i would have gone for stuffing in that context but um i think i'd probably go for mashed potatoes as long as i have gravy with it yeah but see, you can get mashed potatoes any time of the year. You only get those little sweet potato no, things with I, the marshmallows. I, 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 I pull out my Postmates app and <laughs> order up Hard Knots Cafe fried chicken with yams on the regular. So. Oh, see? The th- things you learn. Um, string beans or Brussels sprouts? Oh, string beans. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie? Ooh. This is the great dividing line in debate in Black America. Then, I'm saying, I'm saying. Not, shouldn't you just have both? I've never thought of just no, one. No, it's you put something in front of you. You put out on Facebook any grouping of Black people, and you watch the comments unfurl. And I think I'm on the wrong <laughs> side of it, but I do prefer pumpkin pie. <laughs> you didn't give us a pecan option because if I had to choose, I'd be pecan. Oh, over pumpkin so, pie. Yeah, the other two I think of is like they got to be there together, and you do like a know. a thin slice of one and a thin slice of the other, and you put your whipped cream over oh, both. Okay. I'm like <laughs> such a hardcore pumpkin pie fan. I could probably eat like one every Thanksgiving. I'm kind of like, can I just bring one pumpkin pie for myself because I like it so much? And so I don't even know who you people are. Like, <laughs> that you would have a pecan pie before pumpkin pie, and then Steve, you would have sweet potato pie over pumpkin. No, pie? I'm a pumpkin pie. Oh, you person, did say that, but okay. I think most. Black people are so you lose, lose sweet some potato. Of Although I've begun to get into sweet potato a little bit over as I've gotten older, but I'm more fundamentally a pumpkin. Gravy with giblets or no? What is giblets? Like you know, liver and Ugh. um um the g- gizzard. <laughs> gizzard. Are we talking that they've been sort of like kept out though, but you get the flavor of them? You or do you it. actually serve them in the gravy, like a lump? You chop it up and you lump, you serve oh, it. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no lumps. No lumps. If we were, if I was ever going to come to Thanksgiving dinner with you, Charlene, it's so good. I, just... I love innards. I'm one of those Asian people who I'm like, nothing oh goes God. to waste. Innards are the bomb. Give me the Malcolm gizzard, X has a liver, whole thing about kidney, heart, the, the guts of the turkey, yeah, and how, how, you know, non progressive and revolutionary it is and that's a there's a whole riff malcolm x has on that whole thing which maybe i've internalized to just being distanced from that whole reality what book wait where i don't remember ever reading it's a speech a speech where he talks about the things that people that you know it's the uh, you know like he's looking down on it yeah, well, in terms Those of what he's come things. to represent, it's the leftovers, the, you know, it's just a whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can, but, maybe we'll find the link and put it in the show notes. <laughs> but see, I would have said to Malcolm X, but for a lot of indigenous cultures and like a lot of people of 
color community and cultures, they would say, if you're going to basically slaughter an animal, right? And just, but to honor it or to make the most of it, you don't waste any part of it. You oh, that's it. true. Use you everything. Yeah. You use yeah. everything. You, you, yeah. Well, first of all, people be poor. People were poor. So they were like, I can't afford to. They had to. This intestine is yum, yum. I'm, you know, chitlins and stuff, right? And they're going to make it yummy. That's what it is. This his riff is on chitlins. There's a whole thing about chitlins <laughs> and how it's a, he has a whole thing. People I'm gonna find raise, that clip. raise their kids on chitlins. I know, but Malcolm was, trying to, Malcolm was trying to summon us to a higher place. <laughs> Malcolm, you know, I don't know. I, I disagree. That I think there's politically we need to respect the chitlins. <laughs> 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 we can't, you know, just say we're above it. All right. So that was fun, you guys. All right, so we got our imaginary table set. I guess no innards for you guys. We each get our own pie. This is lovely. I wanted to go around and have you guys share sort of uh, one thing that you're personally thankful for, and it can be a grouping, and then and then also politically. I thought, hmm, I thought maybe I would like to have Julie go first. Hmm. Okay, so start then, with the personal thing. Yeah, then I'll go after you and then Steve. Okay. How about, that? How about that? Okay, so I think that on the personal level, I'm going to do a shout out to my older sister, who is the one of us uh, sisters who doesn't have children. And she's been super, super helpful at um, like during this whole crazy year of helping those of us who do have children. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of get through. And I think, you know, there's all those like um, people out there who who make it possible to raise your kids and like very much make it the whole, it takes a village thing and to have plenty of other things they could be doing that I'm sure are much more fun, but, you know, helping guide nephews through their homework assignments and whatnot is not fun. And so shout out to my my sister, Lori. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think for my political, I'm going to go for all the people who invested in the places that seemed like long shots for politics and electoral mm. politics. And we in 2020, really started to see on a national level, the fruits of that investment, all of that work over the years that probably seemed a little crazy. Well, I know it seemed very crazy to a lot of people because they told us so. <laughs> During many years when um, folks were out there trying to get a, a people excited about investing in in Arizona, red Arizona, crazy Georgia, you know, Texas, we're just right there on the cusp, you know. And so I think that's the, the thing. It's good to kind of look back and thank people who did stuff before it was the cool thing to do. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. That's a really good reminder of you know, it's like that the underdogs and the, the long shots. And then I've been having that feeling too, where people now are like, oh, yeah, celebrating, you know, those long, long shots. But it's like, where were you then? Right. <laughs> yeah. My personal thing, I, you had touched upon it already, Julie, but I definitely just want to give like an extra shout out and bow down to all the teachers and educators in this country. It's like if I hadn't already had so much admiration for people who have chosen that path. I, I've now watched up close. <laughs> it is a bit of a fascinating experiment. I mean, not necessarily always like pretty in terms of 
distance learning at home and parents, whether or not they're also working or not, it's like you get to see what teachers have to do to keep kids engaged. And now they've been asked to pivot this year. It's basically like, oh, yeah, you signed up for a certain career that you thought you knew and that what you look forward to is being with children in person. And you've got many of them have like years of experience doing it a certain way. And then suddenly they're like, no, actually you have to do it in front of a computer with no real roadmap because you've never had to do this before. But you're in charge of educating a generation of kids for the, in some cases, like in our district, for this foreseeable future and with a curriculum that is not meant for distance learning. It's not meant for online learning. And we're really lucky. My daughter's teacher is just has such a big heart, so much patience. My daughter, by the way, hates distance learning. She really misses being in school in person. But thanks to the teacher, you know, she's she's trying to hang in there. And the teacher really just like is able to emote and convey that love to the kids every day. I hear them. I mean, I hear her and then not just um, her main teacher, but there are science and music teachers and art teachers and PE teachers. So I just want to give those people so much appreciation. And the fact is that the vast majority are women. Um, the vast majority of, uh, for sure, teachers of children in, in, in my life, the vast majority of women, some of them have kids at home of their own. I have no idea how they're doing it, but I don't know what we would have done this year without those teachers. And politically, I wanted to give also a big shout out, bow down to the many women of color who are both, le- whether they were leaders or voters this year, who made all the difference in allowing us to end fascism and kick this mentally unstable, dangerous person out of the White House. And in particular, I want to thank Black women. So, you know, Black women, y'all have saved us again, and we don't deserve you. And the stories aren't even told enough about everything that Black women did on the ground and um, getting all, all the women that they know to vote. And in many, many places, they helped make all the difference. I wanted to name... A few people, one, of course, is Stacey Abrams, who we've talked about a lot. And so everybody knows her and she's been getting a lot of praise, but also a woman named Ense Ufa and all the organizers at Fair Fight Action who had made such a big difference in Georgia and flipping that state for the first time in, Steve, how many years again? I want to get the years right. Oh, well, Georgia since 1992. Okay, since 1992. And I also wanted to thank Amy Allison, who was Democracy in Colors' former president and a dear friend of mine who has gone on over the past couple of years and created her own organization called She the People, which connects women of color across the country to elevate them both as leaders and voters, but also getting out the vote among women of color. And this year they did a huge campaign, getting women together to text to one another, very strategic in key states like Arizona and Georgia. So Amy, if you're listening, I appreciate you so much and thank you for all your hard work. We should thank Amy for creating and launching this podcast that we could oh, yes. then, that we could then step into and, and run with. I mean, I could like have a whole podcast where I just talk about all the amazing things about Amy. But yes, I'm sorry. I forgot remiss to mention that in the context that she was the first person to have the vision for us to have a Democracy Color podcast and did an amazing job. How about you, Steve? Yeah, I think for me, um, on the personal side, I, yeah, I want to both say, you know, my wife, Susan, and her doctors. Right. I mean, I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, right, that Susan's a cancer survivor. And, um, you know, we just, 
she just marked her four-year benchmark um, from her diagnosis. So we did a lot of work around trying to we put up this website to try to be a resource around things we'd learn, you know, braincancerme.com. And she put her essays together into a book and rolled that out. And actually that process has been actually learning a lot about appreciating the toughness and the just the tools you you know need to navigate having been on this journey and having that kind of a of, of a diagnosis and then her doctors as well who's moved us forward through this right that I think people who have been you know through the cancer world or know people right there's you know this this phrase they have called scanxiety and so it's mm-hmm. you know you regularly go and get MRIs and scans to see if the cancer returned or not and so I'm feeling particularly thankful on this. Monday when we're recording this, that was on Friday, we had our last scan and and that was very stable and doctors were very happy about it. So it just gives you this sense of relief and appreciation and gratitude for, you know, what you have and to really try to pause and, you know, take the time and that's coming along in concert, right, with this holiday and this national moment of being thankful. So I'm feeling that at an extra deep level right now. So that's on the personal side. And then politically, I really actually I want to say the as a the the grouping of people who administer our elections at the city and county level, the people who make sure you know check you in when you come to vote, who tabulate the ballots, who collect them, and these are these are not like high paying prestigious jobs. These people do this do this because they love this country, because they love democracy, because it's the right thing to do, and they have been the focus of a unprecedented withering attack by the president of the United States and by tens of millions of people who are allied with him. And I mean, oh, by the way, but not by the way, many, if not most of these people are women and women of color who do this work. I mean, you could just, when they were, you were watching like the recounts in Georgia and in Michigan, I mean, that's who's actually doing the work, counting the ballots one by one. And they've withstood this all-out assault on our democracy by a white nationalist president with the full force of his office and power. And so really the whole country and world owe a tremendous debt of gratitude. And I'm just feeling as a political matter, extraordinary level of appreciation for them having done their job so well and, and done it well enough that then it could withstand all these attacks and lies and whatnot. So I just want to really lift up that grouping of people um, in particular. Yeah, absolutely. I've been thinking about these people in Georgia having to count again and again and and, and just been there. They've been there since the, the beginning of this month. And yeah, just, they counted five million votes just, by hand, I mean, like in I, a week I, or so. I can't even <laughs> wrap my head around it's that. It's incredible. And that's democracy at work. And like you said, they just I get mad for them that they are being asked to do more than they like had to and and again during the pandemic where they'd probably rather just be maybe at home staying safe yeah well a lot of these people it was the first time they were even involved in doing this because remember how um when people started the planning and whatnot it occurred to them like oh a lot of these folks who traditionally do this are are older like older Mm -hmm. retired folks and it's not going to be safe for them to check people in and whatnot and there were these open calls to you know folks to go be a poll worker like a actually part of the apparatus and i a number of friends and people i saw on facebook were stepping up and and doing that and i think at that point no one realized how crazy the whole process would end up getting but 
but I think you're right to really lift up that that grouping, Steve. Yeah, the just the the vol- like you're mentioning a good point, um, Julie. Obviously, there's like many volunteers on the ground who help, but there were so many friends of mine who are also doing different kinds of volunteer from texting to phone calls to letter writing so just big big appreciation to anybody who volunteered this year right well that's the i think we should just you know put a finer point on that it's like i I also had lots of friends like wrote letters and were texting etc it took all of that Mm -hmm. i mean this Mm -hmm. is a profound moment in this country's history where you have somebody as really unqualified and contemptuous of the very democratic institutions and nature of this country in clearly laying all of it out and very clearly unapologetically trying to make america white again and increasing his vote by seven million people well first losing several million of his voters from 2016 and still getting close to seven million more new voters yeah So what that says about this country is profound in terms of how split it is. It's critical to remember that that's still a minority of people. It's a hell of a larger minority than we would like. But it took everything, every letter, every text, every call, everything people did, every $5 that was sent. It took all of that to withstand what they brought out because this was their greatest, best shot to bring all of these forces who want to roll this country's progress back and we beat it back but it took Mm -hmm. all those different efforts and that's something we should all feel very very good about yep just just think about how like the scenarios where like what if this didn't play out this way yeah because they definitely tried their hardest they're still trying to see that there there there's an article in the atlantic um, about how we got lucky and how similarly the country got lucky in 1864 hmm. and when Lincoln ran. And the fact about how the country could easily have basically sold out the whole effort around the Civil War and slaves and given the country back to the South and made these different compromises, but that because the election tipped the way that it did, it was able to actually forestall that happening. And that in, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of parallels to this point in time. Yeah. And I, I know we want to wrap up soon and let people go and enjoy their Thanksgiving. Their turkey and their, uh, and their, uh, their, uh, their chitlins. Gra- no, their gravy and with their, their pecan in, pie. In, in nerds and their big, big-ass <laughs> pumpkin pie. <laughs> but I want to frame up and say, maybe for future episodes, Steve, when I hear, like, we got lucky, I feel like we need to, as a country, talk about, like, we can't rely on luck, right? Like, in terms mm-hmm. of progressives and Democrats and people who believe that this, that we all deserve the democracy that we aspire to, we can't rely on luck. And I am concerned about the 7 million new voters who came out for Trump. And so, you know, just continuing yeah, no, to ask this, our que- question, right. what more can we do? What more should we be doing? It's a great song by the group Sweet Honey and the Rock. Um, I love them, but- Right. And they talk about we who believe in freedom cannot rest. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of resting, we need to wrap this up so people can get their turkey and get out. Um, but I did want to close by thanking uh, thanking you, the listeners of Democracy in Color with Steve Phillips. We started this podcast, um, this iteration a little over a year ago. Um, we've been, you know, really extraordinarily buoyed and supported and, and moved by the level of responsiveness from all the different listeners to the followers of uh, Democracy in Color, the level of jumping into the things that we suggest are things that are critical issues. Like we raised over $80,000 in just like three weeks to support the work Woo-hoo! in Georgia, 
right? So Fair Fight, Reverend Raphael Warnock, and John Osso's campaigns from our uh, listeners and supporters. So we really, really appreciate that. And so we didn't want to let this you know, moment pass without saying how thankful we are for all of you as well. And in my uh, attempt at some uh, emotional intelligence, let me also express my gratitude and thanks to each of you, Charlene and Julie, for all you do and for working with you guys over these years. Aw, thanks, Steve. And <laughs> all right. So same that... to you. Same to oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks to everybody who makes us sound good and <laughs> yes, all the behind the scenes. We'll <laughs> mention in a moment. And so... <laughs> We just want to wish everyone um, listening to this a safe and healthy holiday. Please help us get the word out about this podcast by subscribing wherever you get your podcast, sharing with your friends, tweeting at Democracy Color and at Steve P. Tweets, and finding us at Democracy in Color on Facebook or signing up for our mailing list at democracyincolor.com. This podcast is a Democracy in Color production produced by Olivia Parker with support from Charlene Chang, Fola Onifade, and a new staff writer, Democracy in Color, and April Elkier, recorded virtually with the assistance the podcast studio of San Francisco. Till next time, keep the faith.